What's going on, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast, or the cool cats call it the Murfanko Experience. Uh, it's just me. I call it that. So that's what I'm going with. Anyways, uh, we got a pretty good episode today, boys and girls. We have uh, probably mo- one of the most exciting interviews Murph and I have had in a little while. Um, one of our favorite prospects at, uh, in general, not to mention just pirate prospects. Um, it, it's going to be a fun one. And, and I'm just going to, you know, you saw the IG post, you saw the Twitter post. It's Brennan Malone. Uh, Brennan, how are you doing this evening? And thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I'm not doing, too, I'm doing not too bad. Uh, you know, just in North Carolina, just training out here. So at my parents' house. So, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> not doing too bad, though. I'm trying to get out of the parents' house for sure, but. <laughs> hey man hey man it, it's rent free right yeah exactly hey can't <laughs> complain about that man i totally feel you on that um so how, how we like to you know start every interview is we like to get to know uh the you know previous to you know high school life and things of that sort like the mm-hmm. younger brennan malone um so the first question for me is you know what got you started with baseball you know there's uh, baseball is a dying sport to a lot of people, especially in the national media. So what was it about baseball that just stuck to you? Um, I mean, just throwing the ball uh, in the backyard with my grandpa. That's Those are like the earliest memories I think I have of baseball. Um, and of course, like when I was younger, probably up to like 12, um, I grew up in Atlanta and it's a big baseball hotspot there. Um, you know, everybody plays baseball growing up. Um, I probably would say it's about was about middle school or high school when I had really thought, you know, I could I can do something with this Um, as I was getting better. I was playing with older kids already at that age. So, um, you know, just, you know, seeing seeing my progression over the years and that type of stuff made me made me realize kind of this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all can relate to, you know, a grandparent or a parent you know, just playing catch in the backyard. I know I always did it with my dad and, you know, I always connected with my grandmother over watching baseball. I never had the pleasure of playing it. I was, I was the fat kid all throughout school. So I was the offensive lineman. I I was just pegged (laughs) to be that kid. So um, Murph, I know you were pegged uh, quite often to play roles as like that as well. So I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My grandfather was a big influence in me to, to kind of play, uh, to get into baseball and follow it. Didn't really play it much as a kid. Was more of a football guy growing up, at least organized wise. But um would you say would you say the like you talked about you know, playing catch with your grandfather, did you have any other kind of influences or anything like that growing up? You said you grew up in like the uh Atlanta area. Were you a Braves fan growing up? Yeah, I was a big Braves fan growing up. Um I mean I didn't go to too many games, but yeah, I went to my fair share at Turner Fields for sure. Um and, you know, I, I never got anything, like, super special, like a ball or anything. But, you know, those are moments that I'll remember forever. Um, you know, no one's ever going to go into Turner Field again like that. So, yeah, pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you know, you just said you were a Braves fan. Was there a particular Braves pitcher uh, that you kind of, you know, said, yeah, that's who I want to be like? Or is it just, like, your own thing? You want to be your own type of uh, – player mechanics wise and, and things of that sort um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much my own player I don't say I want to model 
my game after anyone. I mean, my favorite player growing up was Jason Hayward. I mean, okay, yeah. I was, <laughs> I forget how old I was when his rookie year happened, but, you know, after that year, I was kind of a lifetime Jason Hayward fan. Um, but I'd say probably one of the coolest things when I was younger, I played against Tom Glavin's son. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. When we were probably like 10 years old, I want to say. He probably doesn't know it, but um, we were probably like 10 and he was pitching against so us, just dominating. <laughs> He's probably a year or two older than me, but hey, not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so you know, a, a lot of you know younger baseball players they go through up playing travel ball league and and things of that sort. So, was there a particular travel ball coach that inspired you, or you know, you still talk to to this day, or are there any coaches in general that you know will stick with you for life? Just the teachings on and off the field. You know, I can never say that I didn't have – I can never say I had a really, like, bad coach where I was um, not thankful for what they did for me or, um, you know, I, I feel like my mechanics have changed and fluctuated throughout the years. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of coaches that have helped me in special times. Um, I, I keep in touch with a few of them, my, especially my travel ball coaches on deck. Um I wouldn't say I, I'd see him all the time, but uh, we keep in touch here and then. Okay. Okay. So like um, fast forwarding a, a little bit. Well, I think me personally, one of my favorite things with the whole baseball structure is like the, the, the whole draft process going through the draft and, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the scouting, you know, looking for the next talent and everything like that. The, the pirates kind of made headlines for their kind of aggressive push when it comes to like prep players. And you obviously were one of the top rated prep players in in your class can you talk a a little bit about the the whole draft process how that went for you um were like the uh the Diamondbacks like always like a clear-cut favorite to like did they have a lot of communication with you just that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh yeah I mean of course it was kind of a crazy time and I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do of course I was kind of leaning more towards the pro route but um college was kind of still a factor uh, I was committed to UNC Chapel Hill, of course, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. I would say the, actually the Pirates, you know, had talked to me a lot during my high school, um, my senior season and, and things leading up to that. But um, I would say that I didn't really know exactly where I was going when I was at that draft. Um, you know, my agent was kind of communicating th- with me at when I was at the draft and you know we didn't really know what was going on um some people even said that you know I they felt like I had a strong commitment to school so that they uh passed on me I don't know there's a lot of different things that are being said um about that but um you know it was just it was just a hectic time hectic um full of anxiety and not (laughs) just unsureness to be honest (laughs) yeah yeah I I can imagine um now, Did you have you like know, a specific moment to where like you like you knew like okay well here I'm gonna go ahead and and sign and, and not go to college because I mean obviously UNC is a really good school to to go play baseball at so yeah I mean I think definitely everybody has senioritis a little bit and they're like I really don't want to go back to school so I, I mean during my <laughs> season uh, senior season that was probably just uh. Like, I, I really just want to be done with school. I don't want to do any of this anymore. Of course, like, I 
I told myself like I want to take a couple classes or whatever if that ever happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I caught senioritis like freshman year. Yes, same. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. Now you know dur- during that draft process, a lot of people were comparing you and uh, your current pirate prospect teammate and Quinn Priester um a lot of uh you know scouts were comparing your curveballs and how similar they were um and now lo and behold the Starling Marte trade happens and now you're part of the Pirates as well um two things with this you know first of all how does it feel to be you know part of a Starling Marte trade everyone knows you know what kind of player he is um and you know second of all how did you feel about you know you and Quinn Priester always being compared um, I'd say, I mean, first of all, I was ecstatic about the Sterling Marte trade. Not only, I mean, is he a big name and a lot of shoes, uh, big shoes to fill, but, um, you know, the Pirates are a really or- good organization and, uh, there's a lot of opportunity with them. So, uh, especially down the road. Um, yeah. but I'd say with Quinn Priester, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I think we both kind of have our own game plan and our, um, both, we have both have things that we uh do to prep for our game and i think uh i think we both kind of just uh get along and you know um there's not much uh i guess we haven't really we haven't really talked too much i mean he was in greensboro this year and i was i was in bradenton for a lot of the year so um i mean that's kind of the first time i've been hearing that we've been compared like that um but i mean I do see the similarities in the in the fastball and the curveball, those combos. But um, I think we both just kind of play our own game and have our own mental space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it was you know draft talk, and everyone was yeah you know, comparing curveballs and, and things of that sort. Um, so uh, the pre-injury stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when you were in instructs and, and things of that sort, um, what exactly? was it that you were working on during that time? You know, was it mechanics? Was it just getting ready? You know, what, what exactly went into that? I mean, really mechanics. Um, you know, I, I feel like I didn't throw enough during the COVID season. You know, everybody was kind of on our toes about when we were going to report and that, and that type of nature. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like my mechanics were there in, in, in that, uh, that season. And I think, even recently, like my trip down to Dominican was a big part of that. And like, just, uh, you know, having that feel all the time, um, and just trying not to ever lose it. And then also being able to, you know, have those key points to correct it when it does go to shit. Um, so that was a huge thing. And then also a mental thing. I mean, I mean, this year was, technically my kind of first year with the organization and there's a lot of you know mental things that go into it like what are people are gonna how are people gonna see how I pitch or you know whatever the case is just meeting new people even um all that goes into a part of the um just being comfortable around everybody getting to know everybody's names um I did I think I felt a sense of uh kind of unsettling just me it was it was a lot at one time you know what I mean So, um, I think that was a big part of it too. So like kind of go, kind of going off of that, um, you talk about getting adjusted and everything like that kind of looked like as the season went on, um, everything started to, you know, everything started to lie, uh, align more in place like that. Mm -hmm. Would you, um, 
was there like a specific adjustment or was it like you're saying just more of like a comfort thing at that point by, by I mean, time, uh, uh, the end of the year? Both for sure. I mean, comfort has a lot to do with what you do on the mound. Um, I feel like I was very tense on the mound and, you know, trying to do too much instead of just knowing what I can do and let my arm be whippy and, you know, the easy gas is going to be there. Um, so I think that's a big part, just, you know, being able to relax in certain situations. Um, but yeah, the, I think the the biggest adjustment from a mechanics standpoint was, uh, you know, the drift. I feel like I was getting stuck behind the rubber a little bit with my back leg. Um, just having, when you get into a leg kick, having that drift towards home plate and being directional towards home plate and through um, was a huge thing just for all my pitches. I mean, my velocity, my movement, my off speed, everything comes into play once you kind of put that all together into a flowy motion. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go back like in middle, of the, you know, beginning of the season with, with Bradenton, you actually got to be a part of something uh, a, a little bit special with like the, uh, the no hitter that was thrown. Um, I know you came in later in the game. Like when you, when you come into like that kind of situation to so that had, had it like set, settled in yet that that was like a possibility or are you just kind of like in there let me go in and and do my thing and, and get out of this inning uh no I mean me when I really take the mound I, I pretty much I'm pretty good at blocking everything out um I don't even think I noticed the no hitter going on I mean once <laughs> your adrenaline starts kicking in you know you're about to go in the game and you're not really thinking anything else about but dominate so uh no I don't think there was any too uh much worry there have you have you ever been a part of have you ever thrown like a no hitter maybe at like the the high school or any other level or anything like that uh, or have you or I don't think so it, it's it? never been no I don't think so no okay. that was pretty special for sure especially uh you know as a group um it was it was nice to come together as my te- with my teammates and do that yeah yeah and to say the least man Bradenton had a special year in general I mean there's yeah, a lot of cats there's a lot of cats on that squad man that you know incredible year super incredible year we talked to you know your teammate jace bowen earlier in the year and mm-hmm. um he was super stoked uh not only for that day but you know the championship game and just all the emotions the raw emotions that come out in in such young players um yeah for sure yeah absolutely now you know th- there's a lot of you know new talk you know with john baker pitching coordinator and, and things of that sort so what is your relationship like with uh baker and you know what has he said to you exactly um i mean me and baker's relationship is kind of like i mean it's pretty much just uh, he's a coordinator i mean i talk to him every once in a while mm-hmm. um you know we talk about uh kind of what's going on every every month or so i mean he's probably checked up um you know, it's pretty much just, you know, keep going. How are your mechanics coming along? Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Not, like, what are you doing with your downtime? That that type of stuff. So he just, he just wants me to keep a cool head on and, you know, get back to my old self and, you know, start to dominate again. <clears throat> kind of like a, a second dad just checking in on the kids, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel that. Now, you know, you I, know, I feel like they're doing a really good job, though, uh, especially about, just not being cookie cutter and, you know, being more customized to each player because every player has kind of different needs. So I think they're doing a really good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of talk has come to that, you know, with the pirates organization, you know, with the whole overhaul um, it's kind of like, you know, they take a more individualized approach. um, For sure. 
you know, it's not, it's not just throw two seamers and, you know, pitch to contact. It's, well, do you have a heat? Well, throw the heat, try to strike people out. It, it, I totally understand that. And I think that's the, the way, you you know, you can't just cookie cutter everything because you, you start to ruin careers that way. And yeah, especially even with the rules. I mean, before I came, I was told it's a little bit more strict. I mean, you couldn't have facial hair or, yeah, you couldn't do certain things, and I think they they're starting to get rid of some of those rules, and you know, just getting back to playing, just focusing on baseball, just focusing on winning, um, and not have the some of the other bullshit that kind of comes with it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the way to put it. It, it is it is bullshit, you know. The uh, not a fan of that stuff whatsoever, um, and I, I also wasn't a fan of you know a lot of the things that you know, baseball does to minor leaguers. And and one of the big things that happened, you know, over the off season was, you know, housing is going to be paid for at least a lease. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was huge uh, to hear the news. And at least it's a step in the right direction. Um, now, when you heard that news, you know, did it kind of make you feel like, okay, now I can sort of just think about baseball instead of, you know, groceries or rent or, or shit like that, you know? For sure. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that needs to be handled, but I think, yeah, for sure. It's definitely a step in yeah. the right direction. I'm, I'm happy that there, you know, there's a lot of people that are less fortunate than me and that didn't get a big signing bonus or, or whatever the case is and they have families to support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think their money can be used elsewhere instead of going to housing or maybe we're getting per diem for food or that type of stuff. It helps a lot. People don't realize. Oh yeah. It's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's all, that was, that was very good for us here. Me and Cody talked about that a lot too. It was long overdue for Mm -hmm. them to start taking care of you guys a lot better. I wanted to circle a little bit back to the, uh, the Starling Marte trade, maybe not Mm -hmm. the trade itself, but the, the trade you're involved with was kind of the, this, you know, quote unquote restart of like the rebuild for the Pirates organization, kind of kick things off and all that. I know 2020 was kind of weird with, you know, obviously COVID and everything like that everyone kind of doing their own thing from home but um how much of a difference have you seen like within the organization from the time that you first got there since you were the one who kind of kicked it off to like now um you know it's hard to say because I mean I wasn't like I was on the team but I wasn't really I, I didn't have strong relationships with the people like I do now I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about how quick I became friends with some of these guys. But, um, you know, I, I feel like the whole organization, they, they really want to win. Everybody in it really wants to win. And they play and practice like they want to. You know, even down the Dominican, just as an example, I mean, everybody was practicing like they play and fast pace and get to your position and do your job. So I, I feel like it's, it's really good all around. The energy is really good have a lot of good uh, personalities on the team too. Yeah. And, you know, a lot, a lot has been said about the Dominican Academy down there, you know, how intense mm-hmm. it is and, and how uh, not only intense, but how kind of loose and, and fun it is down there. You know, you, you yeah. create relationships, you know, not just with coaches, but with players. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, your story is a testament to, you know, you said how quickly you know, you built relationships with these kids and, and guys your age. And I, I think that's huge because, you you know, you mentioned, you know, the mentality is a, a huge part of baseball. And, 
I, I think when you form these kind of relationships uh, in the minor leagues, it kind of creates uh, a winning environment, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, you know, because if you think about it, minor league life could be brutal. You know, you're fighting for major league contracts. You're fighting for your life, basically. And, yeah. You know, you're competing with other guys on your team. And to have that kind of relationship, it it, it speaks to how tight the pirate system is now. You know, can, yeah, you can exactly. Well, it makes it, it makes it more fun. I mean, uh, when you're just when it feels like you're just going out and playing some ball with your buddies, like it. It doesn't even feel like work at all. I mean, you're just going out and having fun. You're you're winning in the process. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, like, um, speaking of like building bonds and everything, I thought it was pretty cool this season too. With the like in the FCL, you know, you kind of a different perspective for you guys because you know the Pirates had two teams down in the FCL. Mm-hmm. So, and a couple of your games were actually against them on there. Just wondering, like, maybe like looking forward and all that stuff. Someone that you. So you got some looks at some of the other players in the system from a competitive standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone that kind of stood out to you as someone that maybe next year, like if you're all lumped together in Bradenton and going forward, that you're really looking forward to seeing for a full season now? Of course, my uh, my really good friend there that I met was uh, Jacob Sweeney, big, tall, lefty. Um, we interviewed him. The, yeah, yeah, that guy. I hang yeah. out with him probably awesome. – every time we're we're close so uh yeah real good guy he's got nasty stuff and of course he's i mean he's intimidating on the mound he's a big tall goofy lefty so uh <laughs> i'd probably say him and then uh once uh drake uh, fellows gets back healthy uh, he's gonna really dominate on the mound as well absolutely i felt yeah. so bad for drake man yeah it, it's really tough on him i, I know but uh, he's strong he's he's in good spirits so yeah um, one, one cat I'm, I'm interested in, in to hear your perspective on, um, a lot of people are now talking about him and I think it's because of me. Cause I don't know. I, I, I kind of have an ego like that, man. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, Sung Chi Chang, uh, I, man, I understand, man. He, he was tearing the cover off of the ball down in the SCL. Yeah, he was. I mean, dude, he is an awesome player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to hear it, you know, cause you know, when, when he does get to Bradenton, which I assume would be in 2022, you mm-hmm. know, we actually get to see, you know, live what, what the kids do and not just look at box scores, you know, so. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, the one question I have for you, you know, and we connected through Instagram and I see a, a lot of your stuff is at X2 uh, Baseball. Um, what exactly have you been working on there, man? Because that your fastball has some tail to it has that always that's, been there or is that something new yeah that, I mean that's definitely always been in the tank I mean high school I've always kind of had that two seam run I mean kind of probably a year or two I mean even in the Arizona uh league um you know I was trying to throw a sinker um but I kind of did away with that because my four seam already has that kind of crazy movement yeah um so, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's always been there. I feel like it just kind of depends on my mechanics, um, which is what we've been working on. It's just having – being out front and being through and just, you know, letting my arm whip through the zone. And I think that's what really does it. Yeah. I mean, even even the – I mean, everything comes off of that. My, my curveball has a higher spin rate. My fastball has a higher spin rate. It's carrying a lot more. So, yeah, I'm really happy with the way those things are going. Mm-hmm. But, um. X2 is actually 
something new that I've just been trying out. They had one in Phoenix. That's their main facility, but they had just opened one up here in Charlotte, like in Concord. So, uh, I was like, I, I see all these kind of facilities on, on Instagram and, you know, I, I take a lot of interest in, you know, use their things in my own program. So I was like, might as well just kind of, you know, see what it's about. And I, I really like it. I, I'm really enjoying, you know, the, the atmosphere and training with college and pro guys and, you know, everybody getting hype when someone gets a, um, breaks a record or whatever it is. But, um, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. Have you, have you hit a hundred yet? <laughs> no Dude, I, you'd be surprised how hard it is to hit that i, I thought i would have hit that a while ago but <laughs> well, kind of reminds me of dragon ball z man where vegeta tries to hit super saiyan it's just damn near impossible huh <laughs> yeah I, i'm not worried about it too much i think well no i think upper 90s is just fine for me as long as i'm you know oh, I, yeah. I really want to uh channel the command that's a big thing for me so when you're hitting when you're hitting 95 and with that kind of tail you don't need to hit the they're still not going to hit it yeah. Yeah. now now you know you mentioned you know you're, you're kind of a spin rate guy you have higher spin rates um and, and a lot of you know baseball has turned to you know more of the saber metrics kind of era um how closely do you pay attention to that kind of shit man like is it do do you focus on that a lot or is it kind of a you know a balance with old school feel and saber metrics? Yeah, uh I would not say I'm a big, you know, metrics guy. Cause I mean, it can have the highest spin rate and it doesn't look good to me, then you know, it's crap. Right. So I mean, it's really all about how it feels and how it looks out of my hand for me. I think video of myself is the best way to get that um not necessarily metrics i mean of course don't get me wrong the metrics are are cool to look at and you know i do think they help in way in certain ways um but i think i want to rely on feel and how it how it's coming out of the hand a little bit more yeah i mean that seems to be the consensus because i ask that question to everybody and uh the majority of the players basically say yeah it's more about feel than anything (laughs) yeah I, i totally understand that so you talked you talked a little bit about um you know you what you're working on this off season like a like a perfect off season for you do you have anything like in mind that you want to get accomplished heading into next year or is it just um I think yeah. as I start I'm I'm kind of slowly ramping up into plyro balls right now but um you know as I start throwing more and more off the mound um I really want to you know get a good feel for my change of going into spring training um I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with my off speed um curveball and and slider wise um so i think the change up is one thing that i can you know hopefully um you know mix into my repertoire repertoire a little bit more um in games and you know i think it'll be a really useful pitch to get some to go the other way yeah i think the change up is always a pitcher's uh final beasts to slay i mean it, it seems to be one of the hardest pitches to to harness you know because yeah. from what i understand I've, I've never pitched a day in my life from what i understand it kind of has like a fastball type spin but it's mm-hmm. completely slowed down so you know what kind of change is it just a straight change up you're working on a circle it's, it's a circle change up okay yeah okay. um but i mean i feel like 
like going back to you saying my fastball is that type of tail. I mean, my my changeup kind of has the same type of movement. So, I mean, for me to master that pitch in the future, I mean, that's going to be really crucial for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's a deadly combination. Fastball changeup has always been a deadly combination. It's just can you master it? Um, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like we're talking about off season now, um, maybe just like one more thing, really. So we're looking off season. You get everything done that you want to do. You go into twenty twenty two for you. Do you, have you have you thought about that yet? What what exactly would be like a perfect season for you in twenty twenty two? Um, I mean, really, I I'm just focused on my development. I mean, just you know, mastering my mechanics right now. And, you know, like I said, keeping that feel. Um. I don't know necessarily what the coaches' plans are for me, um, but you know wherever they put me, I want to, you know, I want to solidify what I can do and and who I am as a pitcher. So, um, all I can say is I'm I'm extremely ready for 2022. Um, and now to the people listening to this, I ran you know a little poll, um, let you know we were interviewing uh, Brennan Malone, and you know, I, I picked one question that the fans asked for Brennan. So Brennan, if you don't mind, we have one question for you from a Mm -hmm. fan. Um, and it's from baseball and death or Renee Maurice. I know who you are, man, much appreciated for you listening. Um, he wanted to know, you know, how do you keep your mind frame, uh, you know, positive, you know, with injuries and setbacks and things like that, what goes on in your brain to keep your mindset positive? Um, I mean, you just, I mean, really, you just got to look around. I mean, at your teammates, there's a lot of other people that probably have it worse than you. Um, And I think that's a big thing. And then second thing is, I mean, going back to your teammates, I mean, you're not alone. People are going through it with you. Um, So, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of uh, ups and downs, but I think the the ups are going to be a lot higher than the downs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thank you for answering that. And thank you to Baseball Death for uh, sending in the question. Much appreciated, man. Um, Brennan, uh, like we said, man, this has been an ultimate pleasure and you're always welcome back on the show. Hope you'll be back on the show eventually. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, You know, that's all we have for you, dude. And uh, much luck, much love to you for the season coming up. Uh, We hope to watch you dominate and show that tail on the fastball, man. (laughs) yeah i appreciate it guys thank you for having me on yeah not a problem man and uh you know all i ask is that you uh try to share this podcast episode so your friends and family can hear it and hopefully we can blow this episode up man for sure appreciate it guys not a problem man thanks for coming on all right later there you have it folks brennan malone we hope Hope, hope you enjoyed this episode. He gave us a lot of uh, food for thought. Murph, what was your takeaway from this, man? That I, I'm, I'm probably expecting a, a really big year from him. Like, it, it, may, it makes sense with it, you know, comfort. And, 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 you know, we think about it in our day-to-day lives, you know, whenever you can get into that kind of groove and stuff like that, just how everything just flows a lot more. And, and you know, he, he's saying he's comfort, comfortable and ready to roll and stuff like that. So, Maybe this year's the uh, and you can I mean you could see the results getting yeah. better as the season went on. Like his last start of the year was his best by far. So if it's a comfort thing, then like man, twenty twenty two's that year.
Yeah. And, and, you know, he mentioned, you know, the, the biggest thing for him other than, you know, comfortability was, you know, harnessing his control. And, and we saw that was his biggest bugaboo in the 2021 season. It was, you know, uh-huh. the walks and, and, you know, the balls thrown uh, with that kind of tail on the fastball, man, I could see why it's a little harder to control. Yeah. Oh yeah. that's. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, I, I wish I would have talked to him, you know, previously in the 2021 season, but I, it seems to me, the dude is confident. The, the dude seems ready yeah. to take on the season. Like 2022 oh, yeah. needs to start now. It seems like for him, you know, and I, and I love that antsy kind of, uh feeling that you kind of get from like he's ready to get back on the mound you know yeah. and uh yeah I, I don't know man I'm really excited there's a lot of cats out there that I'm excited to see uh exactly. you know on the mound and at the plate you know I'm super hyped he he hyped up Chang man like that's my yeah. dude oh no you could tell as soon as you said mentioned his name like he was expecting that name to come out yeah yeah, yeah. I'm super pumped dude super pumped right Brayton's um, gonna be so fun this year Oh, so dude. fun like, like we, we could probably have we could have multiple episodes probably just talking about hyping up and getting ready for Bradenton I mean that's your team though like yeah that, oh no yeah I got that still going for it. speaking of which I, I just uh yesterday talked to Jonathan Johnston uh it's been a little hectic for him life's been a little crazy um after the holidays you should you guys should expect an episode uh featuring him uh if you don't know he was the manager of Bradenton uh the championship season the past season um so looking forward to that there's a lot of good interviews coming up boys and girls um unfortunately Murph's not going to be here for the next episode uh we got Owen Kellington to come on the show uh which we're super super pumped for uh Murph's going to send in the questions though that he has for him so Big Bear is going to be here in spirit for sure (laughs) (laughs) um but Murph man other than you know your original takeaway you know what what do you feel the 2022 season is going to bring for Brennan Malone I think if he's like like you said if if he's nailed down the comfort thing if he's nailing down the mechanics that will help with the you know commanding that that kind of fastball you know his other stuff I mean, he said all the right things working on the changeup. You know, that's always the biggest thing for, for kids down on that level. Um, like, I I don't even need, like, the numbers to be flashy. It would be it would be nice. But to see him get more innings and cut down on the walks, and he's probably the – when you think about who's going to be at Bradenton probably to start the year, probably the guy that you'll be looking at first, maybe if all goes well to get that ball to Greensboro. Hmm. He, he's the kind of guy, if, like if everything starts clicking, he could move, move quick. Cause if you remember he same draft class as uh, Quinn Priester. Yeah. And, and Priester is going to be in Altoona to start the year. So if everything starts clicking and stuff like that, I don't, I don't see, I, maybe he won't catch up to, to Quinn, but might come close. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you the know, stuff it, is there. It is. is It's it's just a matter of, you know, getting all the moving parts to move in line with each other. And that's what it sounds like he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited, man, for, you know, that, that $10 is definitely worth it to. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to say it, but like, those are, that's because like I would jinx it and then like, we'll all have to pay more for it. (laughs) <laughs> but like if that's what it takes for us to get every single game on there like I, I will pay I will pay a little bit more 
you don't have to, you don't have to make it. everyone else pay more, but I'll we, pay more. We we talked about it on the Twitter DMs, man. We would pay fifty dollars just to watch every Greensboro game. Like if that's and what we that had might to be pay. the only baseball we see next year. <laughs> so I would definitely pay fifty dollars. Oh yeah, man. And and you mentioned him, you know, possibly jumping up to Greensboro if he, if things start clicking. That's going to be a huge test for him. Huge test because we've seen guys like Flores who dominated in Bradenton get touched up a lot yeah. in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. So it's going to test his his mental ability because it's going to happen. Someone he's going to yeah. get beat up there just like yeah. Priester did, just like Thomas did. It it's can it you happens. handle it? it yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. how you adjust and come back. Yeah. And it's, he he seems like he's he's working on the, all the little stuff that you need to work on to when that does happen, you just kind of keep rolling with it and if you do things the way that you're supposed to each time, it's going to work out for you more times than it does. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't have said that any better. But boys and girls, that's going to do it for the latest episode of the Murfanko experience. We hope you enjoyed this experience uh, with Brennan Malone, Murph Dog, and myself. Um, just to do a little quick uh, run through, we're going to give our socials out. Uh, to start out with me, uh, I would appreciate a Twitter follow at Murfanko. That's M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Uh, with a little at sign before it, because you know how Twitter works. Um, I would also appreciate a follow on Instagram, building that following up a little bit to hype up the podcast, at Murfanko underscore experience, um, posting a lot of prospect videos, hype videos for the podcast. So definitely, definitely give those a follow. Big Bear, give your socials out, brother. All right. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. Um, like I said, most of my writing now goes through through the fence baseball. If you want to give them a follow as well, it's at TTF baseball as well. So yeah, man. Yeah. Looking forward to your latest articles there. Definitely working on it. Yeah. Working on a Michael Burroughs one right now. That should be out within the next day or two. Got a little busy during the weekend, so couldn't get what I wanted to get done done. But that should be coming within a couple of days. I feel it. But boys and girls, we love you very much. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And most importantly, let's go Bucks. Okay.